Hey, Brown and Hogan, uh, do you guys celebrate Christmas in your backwards backwater of fictitious Hobbitland, Tasmania? Uh, I bet you celebrate Jam Mass or something really lame. Probably not. Q-Mass, which uh, is a Star Trek holiday that I invented and is amazing and very successful. Uh, anyway, it's the season as such. Uh, watch the festive episode Death Wish from Voyager and not the personally inspiring movie of the same name. Uh, get some people to watch it with you. Maybe that Earl Grey guy and my mate Jack uh, that I met in Vegas from Let's Talk About Treks. One of the many nerds that came up to me out of the crowd and said, hey, I know Isaac. And I was like, I don't even know Isaac, for fuck's sake. What are you talking about? Uh, anyway, make the show entertaining. If it feels lame, let me know and I'll turn up and do some awards at the end of the show. As always... If needed, I'll save this train wreck of a pod. Oh, and also, uh, you're not getting any QMOS gifts from me this year. Gifts are reserved for people who are genuinely funny and good at their jobs or make me not have to make them make me money. Okay, bye. Hey, guys, I'm Dominic Keating, and this is Unplanned Wreck. Unplanned Trek! Welcome to Unplanned Trek, the podcast that got sent to the Delta Quadrant and didn't attempt to come home. My name is Isaac, and this week I am joined by... I don't know who's going to turn up, really, to be honest, but at the moment I'm joined by Jack Dorino from Let's Talk About Treks. How are you, Jack? Hey, I'm doing well, Isaac. Thanks for having me again here on Unplanned Trek. Thank you, and thank you for doing that, because that means I can record another promo in the future. That is going to be cool. <laughs> um, really excited about this. We haven't done something like this before. So what, what the aim of this is, we're going to watch Death Wish, but we're going to watch it live, mm -hmm. meaning that the segments right. that we do are going to be during the show. So when we tell you to press play, you can watch it with us and we can hopefully line up and can talk about it at the same time. We will give out our um, awards like the Picard Medal and Keiko O'Brien Medal at the end credits because we don't know what's going to happen during the episode, but that's essentially what we're going to do. I'm really excited to do a live episode. It's going to be a one-take thing. It means you can say swear words and I can't edit them out. Do you want to get them out now, Jack, oh. or later on? Um, fart knocker, mm -hmm. um, horn sweller, mm -hmm. um, uh, poop Ooh, eater. That's good. Um, trout sniffer. Mm. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, um, effing pig feed. Thank you, Jack. That was that was beautiful, poetic, lovely. Thank you. Yeah, we've got about less than three minutes before we're going to press play. I um, and what we've also done, guys, and if you might be listening to this a little bit later, is um, if you've tweeted in, we're going to read your tweets live as well. And we've got Mark from the Shuttle Pod Show joining us too. Hello, Mark. Can you hear us yet? Yes, hello. Excellent. We've got um, Jack here as well from Let's Talk About Treks, who I think you guys met in Vegas. So he's he's going to be watching out with the Keiko in mind. Would you mind being the Picard medalist for this week's episode? Sure. Excellent. Well, 
getting everything ready to hit play in less than two minutes. And I was just saying that um, people are also able to tweet in. We're going to be watching the Twitter feed and I'll read out questions and thoughts that come from the Twitter audience, if they want to participate, that is. But there's been a few that have implied that they're going to press play at the same time. So the other awards that we normally do, such as the um, Neelix Medal or Mourn Hub or other ones like that we can do live, we can go, oh, that's a fight or oh, that's sex. But um, everything else, like the, the Picard or the KK, will be done as the end credits roll. This is live or this is recorded? This will be recorded, but it's going to be a one-take thing. I'm probably not going to edit anything out or add anything. Recorded live. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Less than a minute till we press play. Um, I'm really excited about this. Yeah. This will be, this is of course a Christmas episode and um, we'll, we'll see why that's the case during the episode, but um, mm -hmm. this one absolutely qualifies. So guys, we're going to hit play in five seconds, if you're ready. Uh -oh. Five, four, three, two, one. Death wish. Death hopefully, wish. Hopefully we all kind of line up. <laughs> Now, did I hear a notification that someone else is on the line too? I heard someone else walk in the room. Yeah. If you're there, introduce yourself, please. Early's talking to you. <laughs> oh, I'm just checking if I've got subtitles put on my version. I don't think I do at the moment, so I'm going to just switch those on. So oh, guys, I leave subtitles on all the time. This is yeah, I usually do. This is a season two episode of Voyager, mm -hmm. and I think we've already had the Salamander Babies by now too. Yeah, this is season two, episode eighteen. Right, so they're well and truly abandoned by now. Yeah. Uh, El, if you're on the line, hello, welcome to welcome to this. Feel free to. Um, be part of it, but essentially we're doing a live rewatch of Death Witch right now, and Q has just beamed on, but not the Q that we think of when we see Q. Up to the title sequence, I was saying the other day that I think the the Voyager titles is the most uplifting theme of Star Trek. Do you, does anybody else have a opinion? I on that? think that the Star Trek Voyager theme is perhaps the most dynamic of them because it has so much stuff going on in it. Um, the it, it may be the last, what is it, the last use of a model in an opening theme? Right. It probably is, yeah. I think it's the first use of a digital model, actually. Oh, okay. There we go. I'm pretty mm. sure it's the first use of a digital model. Mark, do you have to be brand loyal and defend um, the Enterprise's opening, or are you allowed to have an opinion on this one? Uh, I think this is a great opening. I yeah. think Voyager is exactly what you're saying. It's uplifting. Uh, you know, uh, I, the concept of Voyager, just like the concept of Enterprise, is so intriguing. Mm. Uh, mm. You know, getting stuck on the other side of the galaxy, you're all on your own, you've got to deal with the rebels you were pursuing. Uh, in an attempt, you know, the long arm of the law and uh, to have to work together to get home, that's a, that's a fun story. Yeah, I love Farscape. That was a really good show. <laughs> <laughs> that's a metal 
I noticed you said they're all alone, but they do have knee legs. Um, so anyway, they're all alone. Well, my entire my opening credits have just finished. I don't know if you guys are at the same second. Mine as well. Yeah, it seems we're in the same place. Excellent. Right, so we're straight off the bat. We've got um, Taurus doing the beaming in for some reason. Yeah, I mean, you have to. That's exactly what he just said. What does this have to do with What's happening right now? Earl, turn your TV down. Bye on Paramount Plus. Thank you. Thanks, Earl. Hi, Earl Grey. Welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody. Thank you, Earl. And, and Earl, I think this is your first time on Unplanned Trek, so uh, an extra special uh, welcome to you today. Thank you, yes. I, it's a thrill to be here. <laughs> Excellent. So, El and Jack are from Let's Talk About Treks. So, um, a very good marquee infiltration of the Unplanned Trek podcast today. Oh, do we have food in this scene for the Neelix medal? There is food in this scene, yes, what of course. We, what did we spot there? Oh, got look at the, oh there's, I think I saw some orange juice. There's some nuts there, isn't there? Cranberry juice and French toast. Oh, maybe some, some prune tomatoes. juice. At what timestamp are we uh, picking up on? Oh, I can't tell you that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you didn't start with us, huh? We're in around 418 right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was watching the, the wrong Death Wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's another Death Wish? I was like, we're going to watch Death Wish? Great. Yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, oh yeah. I, <laughs> I actually was trying to figure out if it was the Bruce Willis movie or the uh, Bruce... Um, no. Lee? No. Oh, oh wow, well, that's, um, that's amazing. A really old 1974. Pierce Bronson. There yeah, you go. Pierce yeah. Bronson. That's what I thought Char- you were Charles Bronson? Uh, Charles, Charles Bronson. Bronson. <laughs> we got there. We, we, got, we all got there. Hooray. Yeah, and for those of you who can't see it, uh, Isaac has been working on his uh, Movember mustache. Oh, and yeah. I figured Charles Bronson played into the theme of mustache. You know, there you go. Storytelling, and I was pretty excited that we were going to watch Vigilante uh, Charles Bronson, uh, 1974 style, and here we are watching an episode of Voyager instead. They probably line up. Oh, I can, I, th- I can see some vegetables in the background for the Neelix medal behind, behind yeah, you as well. Definitely some squash and cucumbers. Yeah. Oh, and they have. Was that a water cooler? Hold on, is that a water cooler behind them? Uh, it looks like a <laughs> like a coffee es- espresso machine. <laughs> oh, and look how skinny uh, uh, Neelix looks. I knew you weren't going to say Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. What timestamp did you say? Uh, we're in the mess hall and everyone's just being queued away. Be six minutes in. Six minutes. Oh, in. look at that food! We've got elegant food on the table here. Yeah, it's French toast with champagne glasses, crystal, fine crystal. We got a tweet from uh, Jessie from Crusher Convo just now saying that she thinks she's hey, ahead Jessie. of where we are at the moment. <laughs> I've just let her know we're in the mess hall. Um, <laughs> would you consider Is this... Is zap them back to the Alpha Quadrant? You know, Q could do that so easily. <laughs> this show could have been over so quickly. Well, he sent all I, those people to the penalty box. Yeah. I, I think that's why... 
I think that's why they avoided trying to get Q into the show. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just didn't care that he could get them home. Like, it just... Yeah, it wasn't important to him. Well, yeah, he held, he held that over them like a carrot in front of a donkey. Yeah. On yeah. a uh, fishing pole several times. That that I'll have like, a baby with me I and I can get you home. Do, I will do this for you. Yeah. Now we've got oh, two look, Qs. Two Q. Oh, mm. well said, Jack. There he is. Yeah. 2.0. Yeah. Hey, John. <laughs> that's, wait, that's Q? I thought that was Discord. In disguise. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, so this oh. is a My Little Pony joke that Carl oh. makes every time <laughs> we see pony. John Delancey. He yeah. has to talk about Discord. And so that might be the first My Little Pony joke. joke that we've had on Unplanned Trek. Thank you very much. And that qualifies for a grudge medal as well because it's a mention of an animal. So I think it's, yeah, My Little Pony we'll give a, we'll give a point to this week. Okay. Yeah. Well, in, in uh, the case the of Discord, it's like multiple animals. <laughs> so are we do we think that um in the mess hall scene that Q um being Quinn moving everyone off the ship, does that count as a fight for the wharf medal or is that just being a nuisance? I think that this whole continued scene with between Quinn and Janeway counts as a fight. Right, They're so kind of bantering back and forth. Yeah, we'll we'll call we'll say Q and the crew then qualify for a wharf medal point. Is John Delancey still used to acting in uh, Star Trek Borg in this? He's getting right up close on the camera. You know, he he is reminding me a lot of Star Trek Borg. I wonder if it came out around the same time as Voyager. He's like... He's very Star Trek Borg-like. Yeah. I mean, at least Quinn didn't point right at the camera when he pointed at Q. Oh, we're getting... My subtitling subtitling is calling him Q2. Okay. No, but that's... um, Q2. That's Corbin Burnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, that's correct. That's <laughs> Jack's encyclopedic knowledge of people who played things and other producers and behind the scenes people is very good. Oh, it's it's questionable. It's encyclopedic. <laughs> yes, we, sometimes we, some encyclopedias we, are wrong. We received well, yeah, a, another especially. tweet from Jesse who said Q2 just entered the oh, right, big bang. Um, and she sent that before we got there. So she is a little bit ahead of us, which means she'll know just a few moments before us why this is a Christmas episode. Or, or shall we say Christmas episode? We shouldn't oh. say that. <laughs> oh, no, that Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, certified Isaac Brown original joke. Prove me wrong. I'm dying right now. <laughs> I've fallen over on my face. <laughs> now, do, does this look like a scene from um, Look Who's Talking, where we're flying at the moment? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. The beginning of Earth is attacking the scene. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got to wear more down on the quantum level. Yeah. Q's very good at hide and seek. Like, he's, he finds him very Here we go. Christmas movie. <laughs> He's very good at hiding Q. Oh, right. Ooh. Which came okay. first, Luke Who's Talking or Inner Space? <laughs> inner Space. I just have to interrupt. Okay. This is oh. the, this is the Christmas movie section. We're on a Christmas tree. Oh, there is a Christmas tree. 
Who's Christmas? It's Q's Christmas. We're at his house. It's Christmas. No, no it's, oh, the, uh, it, it's the Picard family Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, we're in the Nexus. They've jumped everybody into the Nexus. In the, yeah. in the Nexus. <laughs> My Nexus is just like this. It's watching Star Trek with a few mates scattered around the world. It's fantastic. Was there a sex candle? No. Thanks for the non-reaction. You're like, no, that's a crap nexus. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think what my nexus would be like. <laughs> I'm trying to read this episode. Already? Oh, I'm thinking. Wolf Metal Points go to Voyager and I guess the Big Bang. They're fighting against that. And, and whatever that proto kind of... As I said, the uh, Look Who's Talking scene where they were, uh, yeah, moving from John Travolta into um, Savick, um, that, that probably counts as well. As you know what Janeway should have done is they sh she should have had Q and Quinn go into the holodeck and put on Mark Twain costumes. There you go. And talk to each other like they're Mark Twain. Oh, yeah. Like uh, when Will Ferrell talked to himself as two different George yeah. W. Bushes. <laughs> you just turn the other way. That way they know it's somebody different now. Um, Jessie's just said that they've, um, they've left the Christmas tree. So she's got a question for us. Do we have any Star Trek ornaments? Um, her husband has a Enterprise D and a Voyager from the 90s for the Christmas tree. Does anyone here have any Christmas ornaments that are Trek related? I have lots of them. I have a Klingon bird of prey. I've got, for some reason, I have this one of Commander Worf kneeling down by a wall holding a phaser i don't really know what it's about <laughs> i have two copies of the ben cisco ornament with him standing there with the baseball behind this bat mm. um i think one i used to display on my bookshelf and then one i used to put in the box in you know, store for christmas uh i know i've got some ships i don't remember what other ship oh i have a romulan warbird yeah is this all for the christmas tree yeah, Christmas Christmas wow. ornaments. I have a bunch of Christmas ornaments. We collected them over the years for a little while. I'm coming over. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got a I've got a little D, which is technically a key ring, but the chains come off. I'm just going to put it on the Christmas tree this year. By D, yeah, I mean I Enterprise D. Maybe maybe the phrase "I've got a little D" should be "I've got the fat one." <laughs> this is a no, no, Jack. I meant what I said. Oh, uh, the little uh, that's right. The little D is not the. <laughs> the fat one. That's the that's the little angry one. The little tiny angry one. <laughs> the little D. Yeah, defiant. Oh, okay. The little angry one. Yeah. Like the, yeah. Hi, girl. That's me. Logo. Mm, I'm angry because I'm little. Arr. Tough little ship. Mark, do you have any um, Star Trek ornaments? I had a lot uh, until there was a fire in the storage unit facility uh, about seven years ago. Talk about lawsuit. I currently have uh, an NX-01, and then uh, the show has uh, a Connor, a Trip Tucker. Oh, right. Is that the angel? Okay, we have two Trip <laughs> I, I often found the uh, Hallmark ornaments to be cost prohibitive when it came to uh, trying to collect Star Trek things when around when that was really popular. I always wished I had the uh, desktop NX-01 that hung on the hook. Yeah, yeah, we have one of those. 
And we have uh, a larger one. Somebody gave us uh, a larger uh, whatever is uh, is the company that makes models of Star Trek ships. Uh, Eagle Moss. Eagle Moss. Is that it? Maybe. Anyways, they gave us they gave us an uh, an NXO one. It's right over here. I got the little Galileo. You know that uh, you push the button and it's like Galileo. it's like Spock going shuttlecraft Enterprise, shuttlecraft <laughs> yeah. Enterprise. I used to have that one. Um, um, just while we, while Mark's getting that to show us. Oh, and I forgot I have a standing Burnham and Saru. Ah. Giving well, with a, a pack. I think he's giving her the telescope. I, I got a tweet from at Melissa A. Nathan earlier, which has a Donatello, right. Vulcan Donatello figurine, which I retweeted. Um, I absolutely need Vulcan that. Donatello. And that will go on my Christmas tree. Absolutely. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, they made a whole set of uh, Star Trek TNG, or TNG, uh, TMNT Star Trek uh, action figures. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that. Is there a comic book? I I don't remember if there was a TMNT crossover for Star Trek or not. I think they just made toys because it was fun to make. Okay. Now, we're doing a courtroom scene, which is reminiscent of every Star Trek series ever, um, <laughs> where, where Q2, as we'll call him, because that's what the subtitles are calling him for now, is trying to get permission to leave the continuum, become mortal, and kill himself. Hey, can I make a point about Q in this episode? I don't know if it's Q on Voyager or what, but what, what is, what, what's happening with his makeup? His purple lips. Yeah, what is? Yeah, he's. They got a whole like thing going on with him. Like, I think he had purple lips in the Farpoint pilot of TNG. Oh, he did. Right. He did. He, yeah, but he, if you look, he just made a version of himself sitting there. The, the second yeah, version yeah. Of him right. doesn't have does lips. not. Correct. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Why I wonder that? if the purple lips are what they did to him in the courtroom scene in Farpoint. Oh no, they're purple on a close up. Yeah. Mm. Really? They definitely changed, oh. though, because they weren't like that before. You're right. Somebody on Star Trek has a fascination well, with John Delancey's lips. Look, Quinn's lips are purple, too. Could it be they're trying to do, like, a Q thing? Mm. Yes. Deanna has big, big black pupils, and Odo can't make a human face, and Q can only do purple lips. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions about the female Q then. Uh, I'll save them for later. Isn't she an Andorian? <laughs> and a Klingon? Uh, I said, isn't she um, a Klingon and an Andorian as well? She is. Yeah. Exactly. Well, she was a Klingon briefly. Yeah. Oh, a couple yeah. times. What is her name? Pauline. Kay- Kaylor? Oh, you're talking about Susie Plaxon. Susie Plaxon, thank yeah. you. Yeah, she's Pauline. wonderful. <laughs> I tried to get her on our show. What what you do is you pronounce their name wrong and <laughs> invite them onto See, your show. To- <laughs> I, I called her manager and I was like, "Can you do you rep- represent Paul Pauline? Pauline? <laughs> yeah, that'll do it." <laughs> and he's like, "Who? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we representing?" Yeah. Um, I find this an interesting court case because... The Continuum has executed Qs for certain crimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they the executed uh, um, Amanda... Uh, Amanda... Um, Amanda's parents. Yeah, Amanda's parents. Yeah. Okay. I thought that they had given up their powers. Oh, from TNG. The one who yeah. liked, right? Ah, oh, look at that. 
like you guys. <laughs> yeah. Tornado. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of your show, by the way. Well, thank you. I listen to it in my car. We we feel the same way. I like listening to your show at the gym. Hmm. My name is Earl Grey, and I never listen to Let's Talk About Tracks. <laughs> ah, yes, finally. I've been trying to get you to do that for the long... Ah, uh, yes, I got it. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Oh, My oh, name is Earl gonna... Grey, and I never listen to... Uh, what's the name of your show? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's an even better That's point. Yeah, exactly. I like that one as well. <laughs> oh, here we go. Jesse's just tweeted in that the, an unpopular opinion... The dark lips are distracting. Mm. She's gonna love that we've already talked about oh, that. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think she's correct. Yeah. She's into it. Mm. I'll it's not a popular opinion you'll okay. find. It's a it's quite a popular opinion, as a matter of fact. Well, I've never noticed them until now. Yeah. Could uh, Delancey have been a, dying? What? Well, <laughs> no, I. Oh. <laughs> Maybe there was a. Did they have to like oxygen shortage? <laughs> well he doesn't breathe oxygen so maybe that's it oh that's true he forgot to suffuse the lips with oxygen um i i was just wondering if there was like makeup that he couldn't remove for another show that he was on or something just rounding back like to the to this show um oh do you think guys that the q continuum should be able to prevent someone from suiciding does this feel like a a legal thing that they should be interfering with and um and is this technically a fight for a wolf medal as well i mean it's an adversarial um adversarial form of uh, trial you know i forgot that Riker appeared in this episode oh he's in everything <laughs> just completely slipped my mind yeah he just popped up out of nowhere what the hell is going on is this Mornhub? is this Mornhub? he's absolutely flirting right like that's he's very close. He's closer than he is with when he puts his crotch in Data's, you know, eye line. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah. He does like to do that. That is one of his favorite things to do. You know, I think that the death of a Q has more ramifications, right, than for just that one being. And I think that. If you are killing yourself, you're actually doing something to everyone else and the universe. So it's sort of it sort of makes the needs of the many and the needs of the few or the one a recursive question. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, we, we find out later on. I think in this season that it does have ramifications. It one if the Q if right. Quinn can do what he wants to do, then other Q that want to do other things that the Q don't allow are going to want to be able to do the things that they want to do, like maybe die or whatever else. And so that it, it sparks a civil war. The people that are against what Quinn did, did and the people that are for what Quinn did. Yeah, another thing is I have trouble in understanding the death of an omnipotent being. Yeah. Like, if you've already been everywhere at all times, can you really die? Can you really die? Is this just a show? Like, is Q just doing a show for Janeway and crew? Hmm. Like... What? Yeah. Um, Quinn's... Sorry, you go, Just just slip back into the other time periods that he's been in? 
Yeah. I mean, how? What is he made of? What What do you use to kill him? How does he kill? Does he just stop thinking? And then is he just like <laughs> unmoving, just floating? Like, how do you kill something that's made entirely of energy that can neither be created nor destroyed? Like, what? Well, I mean, I would imagine he would continue to exist as a different form of energy, but that energy might not all go to the same thing. So he would be dissipated into just the, you know, the basic components. Mm. Yeah. Uh, What I like about this scene is the impact that Q2 has had on the human race. So without him, Mm -hmm. Woodstock doesn't happen. The apple doesn't fall on um, Newton's face. Well, head, sorry. Yeah. And... um, and for some reason, this photo of Riker's ancestor. Like, yeah. it, this does imply that Riker is as important historically as Woodstock and the apple falling on his head. Yes. Yeah. And similar to Thaddeus Riker, he also uses crutches like Tiana and Jean-Luc. <laughs> Everyone needs crutches when Riker's around. <laughs> I... I wonder what era of, or what season of Star Trek The Next Generation they pulled this Riker from. It's also a little bit confusing because Riker's beard is a little bit more gray here than it would have originally been when he was in this uniform. Yeah, mm. I think chronologically this would be about a season yeah, nine. Yeah, he should be wearing this uniform. So do you think after they did Generations, they put him back in this different uniform? Well, <laughs> I guess to be fair, they've got Isaac Newton and then what's his face? The hippie. Yeah, Ginsburg. Uh, it's not uh, Allen Ginsburg, but it's Ginsburg. Pulled from uh, a relevant moment in time. So well, I guess Riker's uh, being pulled from a moment in time. Yeah. Uh, good oh, point. Okay. Is, this, is this the Pegasus moment where he was... <laughs> yeah. Going to the He's trying to make a decision. Should Did he, he pull him out of the holodeck? About what happened on the fucking Pegasus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he pulled him out of the holodeck. That's right. <laughs> oh, it's holograms all the way down. He was playing the role of chef on board and then <laughs> then cut himself with the carrots. It gets up here. It might be just after he gives to Paul a kiss for some reason. Um, how do you feel about all these surprise witnesses turning up? I mean, surely they we'd object to that, wouldn't we, if we were the the other side? I don't think so. I think that the argument is entirely uh, television. Uh, like it's <laughs> true. It doesn't require any evidence. Doesn't require any, you know, people or witnesses. It's just like. Could he be able to do this or not because of the ramifications that it has that that don't that aren't directly related to him and his life? Like his life is more than just his life. That's the problem. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what Delancey's well, Q is trying to argue is that his life is more the sum of of more than just his existence. I also don't think Janeway should take into consideration what the result of her granting asylum is. Like, the the question for her is, can we grant asylum? It's not, am I right. giving someone permission yeah, to... Yeah, 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 right. yeah. And if she grants asylum, probably along the lines of the similar Q plotline in TNG, uh, Q2 would probably be turned into a human or some mm. mortal being to live out his natural life in that form. 
mm. uh, and then and then die like any human would. Yeah, and I think that's okay. I mean, we've done that before, uh, haven't we? I feel like there's been Q that have. We, uh, they stripped Amanda's well, parents' powers, didn't they? Wanted to do that. Yeah. In was Amanda's parents Q? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Amanda's parents were too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I mean that's why she spent like half the episode with Q, and huh. she showed him around and showed him what his power, her powers could be. It was a mystery why she was able to bring her puppies on board, even though they weren't anywhere nearby. So that makes Q and Q's child a lot less significant because Amanda already existed. Hmm. Oh, we got more food for the Neelix medal. Ah, yes. A lot of food. Potatoes. Other food. Tomatoes, <laughs> hams, yams. Jammies. You name it. Dragon fruit. Yeah. Avocados, kiwis. What's Tuvok got on his plate? He's got some sort of burrito on a salad. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not going to eat loaded fries, is he? He's, he's going <laughs> to... Yeah, it's a cheese quesadilla with capers. Hmm. I know Q2's not interested in any food because Neelix has cooked it. Not because he's omnipotent and doesn't need to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when he eat cheese, do they still milk cows or whatever they have, whatever they milk? Porthos had a lot of cheese. It's almond cheese. (laughs) Oh, okay. Can you make cheese from almonds? Yes. How on Vulcan, yes. Is everyone <laughs> up to date with Discovery? Do we know how the replicators work? Uh, are you talking about poop? Yeah. No. Oh, we've known that, that from the start. We've known them that since the TNG era. era. Yeah. Earl and I grew up on the Enterprise. We know how it all works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is Q a bit flirty or is this just his standard how close he goes to JLP as well? No, he, I mean, he's always been flirting with Janeway on this series. And, you know, I think with Picard, though, he really means it. Yeah, he wakes up next mm. to Picard. There's a morning after scene, right? I, yes. You could make a tapestry with that scene. More <laughs> could you, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, the Star Trek nerd community loves jokes like that, right? <laughs> Oh, and guys, oh, Andrew Hogan has joined us from his banishment from the Q Continuum for the last 15 oh, minutes wow. of this episode. Oh, Andrew, can you hear us? I certainly can, mate. Check it out. <laughs> Here he is. Let me show you. Let me show you. The shins is there. <laughs> oh, oh, shins there. Oh, he's, he's falling off. He's falling <laughs> off. Can you see the crickets going? Fantastic. Oh, hey. Shins. Um, yeah, good, mate. We've got, we're joined by Earl Grey and Jack from Let's Talk About Treks, and we've got Mark on the line as well from the Shuttle Pod Show and our, our benefactor. And we've also got um, a few people joining on Twitter. We've had a few tweets from Jesse, who's doing a rewatch with us at the same time. And yeah, we're just trying to decide at the moment if we should grant asylum to Q2 to let him um, suicide or if um, we should send him back to a meteor. 
two in the minute. Quinn. He, Quinn. Yeah, he ends yeah. up being called Quinn. Do you mean the name of the actor? I think the actor is from Scrubs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? He, he reminds me of someone that was on Scrubs. Am I right, guys? I like to look. Yeah, it wasn't Corbin Denson, was it? No, that, he's in Next Gen. No, but that, that is the actual Q2 from Next Generation. Yeah. This is Q2, Voyager's Q2 is a different Q2. Uh, he reminds me of, uh, he reminds me of, uh, what is the New Heart? Like somebody from the New Heart show. Oh, wow, that's a deep cut. I'm sure he's yeah, from Scrubs. Earl Grey and I've never seen Scrubs. Oh. <laughs> oh, guys, we are now in the queue continuum. We're on an abandoned highway, a, maybe in... Is, is this near your homeland, Mark? The, is this your the, home the state? Q, the queue continuum is apparently along Route 66. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yes. with the mountains in the background, that looks like the Rockies on the horizon. So what state are we in, do you reckon? Mm. Oh, wait, That's no, those... Yeah, those look like yeah. the mountains in the uh, helicopter in the opening of MASH. Right. They must be in uh, North Korea or South Korea. Well, the opening of MASH what, is no? the back end of Mount Lee, which is the back end of the Hollywood sign. I can actually see it out the window right here. Uh, these mountains are probably like Palmdale, which is up past Vasquez Rocks another 20 minutes. Yeah. Are you, te- are you telling me, Mark, the back end of MASH isn't like Korea? It's not. It's Burbank. <laughs> South Korea. Well, well, actually, guy talks. Um, Jessie's tweeted in. She says, um, "Thank goodness she feels she's amongst her people right now, watching this rewatch with us." So, hello to Jessie again. I think I've managed hey, to Jessie. get Shins to stand up on the dashboard. Here we go. Shins. Yeah. Oh, good job, Shins. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> A bit of hair on him. Um, anyway, I do have a question for Shinzon. Does he think that Janeway should yeah. grant asylum and let him let him kill himself, or um, should we send him back to the Rock? Um, uh, I don't know. Send him to Remus. Make him dig fucking holes for half his life, like I had to. Hard labour. <laughs> Thanks, Shins. Dig a fucking hole. Don't you don't have purple lips. Oh, yeah. Are, they, are these cues? Yeah. yeah, they're in there. They must all be cute. Even the dog is a cue. The dog has purple lips. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, he might. It might. <laughs> Every dog is a cue. Every being in this is a cue. Oh, look, I'm going to scarecrow. Jessie has just said that she's in the middle of the philosopher's speech as well. I got a Q-tip for you. Ooh. Oh, yeah, nice one. And by Q-tip, you mean... (laughs) There you go. I've missed you, Hogan. Good to have you back, mate. I've I've missed me too. I can't believe it's the only part of southern Tasmania where it's not pissing down rain. Mm. It's like... I'm driving, because this is like an hour from my house, just to give you guys, you can actually drive an hour in Tasmania, believe it okay. or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, really, when I get to Sorrel, I really hope the game's called off, and it's not, it hasn't even rained at all. A beautiful day. Yeah. <laughs> Always sunny and, in Sorrel. And, and the shop's not open. Oh, now that sucks. You should be able to get a, a yeah, meat pie or some dim sims or, or something to drink. Oh, 
it's or I, I uh, a special coffee. Special coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, lovely special coffee. So this is not the episode where John Delancey's son. No, no, yeah, no. This okay, leads right. up to that. Right. Okay. I have a question for everybody. Sure, El. What do you think the likelihood that they took some inspiration from Peter David's Q Squared was when they were writing awesome. this? That's a great book. It is a great book. Lots of trilling yeah. in there. Well, there is. And there's the uh, beings, they don't call them Q in the beginning, but they're the beings that, that once the child has experienced everything, the father says, well, what do you want to do now? He says, most likely die, I guess, because mm. I have experienced everything else. Yes, but as, as we now know from Picard, Q's dying is a little bit um, ambiguous, shall we say. Yes. Yeah. This, yeah, is, this is what I'm getting at. Like, how do you, you can't oh, it's destroy just, it's, it's explainable in our universe. It's when you have multiple showrunners going from season to season rather than one that goes from start to the finish. Yeah, it's just, you know, if we're going to have, if we're going to set up an entire point of a season of a show with being this omnipotent being's actually not omnipotent and then suddenly he still is, then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. Jessie's just tweeted that this scene makes, um, makes her views of the continuum in Deja Q in a whole different light. I must admit, the continuum kind of feels kind of until this point, like it could be anywhere between a campsite and a casino. Like, what is the Q continuum? And seeing it as like a um, abandoned highway truck stop, it's a bit depressing. Yeah, it's a very empty oh. existence, and it's in the middle of nowhere because oh, it's it, it's like a nineteen twenties gas abandoned gas station mm-hmm. in the desert. Yeah, it looks yeah. like the film clip to REM's Man on the Moon, actually. Oh, there's a deep cut too. Yeah, thank you. Track 10 off Automatic for the People. I'm going to sit on the bonnet of my car, which is a very uncouth thing to do to a Jag. Be careful, mate. It means Shinzon's got control of the steering wheel. Yeah. He's still in the car. I've locked him in. (laughs) He's locked you out, mate. It's the other way around. Yeah, no, I'm concerned about what he'd do to the hood ornament. You know, this this little fella. I'm not concerned. I know what he'd do to it. He might try and ride him. What do you think is more in the middle of nowhere? The middle of the Outback or the middle of uh, nowhere Route 66? Yeah. Oh, the Outback. (laughs) I think we're right. I think, is there? There's nothing there, is there? That's like nothing. Yeah. Really, it's got something nothing. Holy cow. A- Andrew's uh, at the continuum uh, right now. I, yeah, good point, actually. There's some pretty weird-looking people around, so yeah. Where are you, Andrew? Um, I'm in a little town about uh, half an hour uh, east of Hobart called Sorel. Oh, you're still on your little future island. Doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, we're on, on, I'm on future island, yeah. 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 Now, Isaac will appreciate this, and none of the rest of you fuckers will, but, but notice how at the cricket ground, the goalposts for AFL football are still up. They don't bother taking them down over summer. Yeah, that's great. Multi-purpose sports. That sounds like things. That all sounds like stuff. Words. Oh, hang on. Words. We've got a Mourn Hub scene. Guys, we've got Q and oh, yeah. Jane Wayne in bed. Yeah, Q loves to be in bed with the captain. I mean, he, he never tried that with Cisco, though. <laughs> He'd get punched. He never had the chance. Yeah. 
Maybe, oh, maybe he did it after Cisco jumped into the whatever he jumped into. They're just hanging out in the continuum together. Do you think the aliens in the wormhole know the cue? Think they hang out on Tuesdays? Yeah. Is Cisco on the same plane as the cue now, or which ones are more powerful? Oh, yeah, I don't know. It depends how the writers on DS9 were feeling that week. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There's also, you know, that element of the the wormhole aliens that are always like asking questions that are obscure. Whereas Q doesn't do that. He doesn't. He wouldn't go. What is time? What is linear time? What is relationships? And then make you go to every <laughs> negative point you've had in your life to make you relive it and get those people, get your ex girlfriends or wives in your case, Hogan, to, <laughs> to comment oh, on, on the answers. <laughs> Big party, mate. Big party. There's a club. <laughs> <laughs> they have me. It's nearly time for their um, AGM, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowed to go, though. <laughs> or if you do, you have to take the minutes. <laughs> oh, jeez. I can guarantee I know what they'd be. <laughs> Q says, I know how to show a girl a good time. How would you look at ticker tape parade down Sri Lanka Boulevard? Is that what it is that I haven't been doing? Yeah, um, Sri Lanka Boulevard. Where do you get tape? Where, where, where would I get ticker tape from? Do I just shred paper? Um, I'm trying to work on my game. So if I if it's a ticker tape parade down Sri Lanka Avenue, did did she say Sri Lanka or did she say North Sorel? Oh, he said oh, Sri Lanka, sorry. but yeah. he yeah. may have meant North Sorel. <laughs> I'm getting back in the car, guys. It's too cold. Shinzon's not letting you in, man. Fuck this shit. Freezing. Yeah. I thought it was re- real interesting that Quinn was inspired to his suicide by watching Q. Quinn was basically like, you all right? I learned it by watching you. Oh, that's not going to go down well with the continuum. You all right? I learned it by watching Q. Mm. <laughs> mm. I bet you by watching that Q, fucker. <laughs> Hello, you can learn. You can learn a lot from a dummy. Yeah, you can learn how to be a complete freak. Freak is. You know what would happen if fucking Q came to Romulus? He would get a fucking nut that's full of my foot. We would try that in a Romulan town. <laughs> this one here, yeah. Right up his, right up his Jack Cracker. Bloody wench. Go away, you. Go away. All right, Jane Ways is coming to her verdict. And it's in her opinion. Yeah, I'm looking for the hard metal. You guys are distracting me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we're going to need it oh. soon. Uh, so is this another character that she's murdered? <laughs> directly responsible for his Right, death? question Earl. <laughs> that's a good question. Just out here roaming the quadrant, taking names. Yeah. And what, what happens in the Delta Quadrant stays the Delta Quadrant. That's right. That's right, because it's dead. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget Man. Don't forget Harry Kim floating in space well, him, Harry Kim didn't stay in the Delta Quadrant He went to another universe and died No, no he died in our universe We just got to replace him one We got oh, to wish right. Harry Kim guy. That you can't promote I wonder if the other The other side misses him Ah uh, No <laughs> <laughs> you mean the pie right? They're like Harry who? What? Who's clarinet is this? 
Oh, Joe Mace trying to sell that it could be good being a mortal life, and Q's like, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. Now I'm going to go die, party. <laughs> All Kip has to say is unlimited bottomless cup of coffee, and she's there. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It would be that's all over true. I thought, and, and, and Mark, Mark can just go and get fucked. Yeah, yeah. He's going, he, if, if, if I were Janeway, you're right, I would, I, if I were Janeway, I'd have said, give me all this shit, then I'll grant you asylum. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's <laughs> yeah. a very good point. Extortion. That's the way to go. The... Principles, principles, principles. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, he would have to do key. it before uh, they took his powers, though, because he wouldn't be able to do it afterwards. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you explaining that. Well, actually. Oh, no. Yes, hey, it's the well, actually guy. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All so sad. What a waste. <laughs> yeah, Jessie's just said something similar in tw- on Twitter. I'll just bring it up. Um, she says, can I cry now because this whole sick bay scene kills me with the feels. Yeah. Yeah, she'll She's cry. That Bev isn't in this scene. Yeah. And, you know, this is supposed to be our uplifting Christmas episode. We're only an ornament for like 15 seconds. Yeah, we're great. Yeah, maybe so uh, maybe Quinn is going to go hang out with the Howard clan now. Oh, yeah. Oh. Death is not the end. Candles. Yeah. Keep the candles burning. Is it me or is there a common theme where characters get granted asylum just so they can commit suicide or they end up committing suicide anyway because they're separated from their family? I think it's oh, usually... Like the Romulan defector yeah, guy? Yeah, the Romulan defector oh, yeah. guy. I, I thought the trope was I can't protect myself, therefore I'm going to ask for asylum. But I think you might be right, Earl. The trope is I'd love asylum so I can kill myself and not be killed by the enemy. Because <laughs> it makes a massive difference. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like you, you, you become a totally different kind of dead. Mm, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I try to avoid becoming any kind of dead. Well, it, it, I think it's a matter of. You know, being able to control your own destiny. You can choose how you die instead of somebody else choosing for you. Or whether you die or not. I choose very, very, very old age. Oh, definitely Mornhub. <laughs> definitely Mornhub. Very sensitive hold of Janeway's cheek there by Q1. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think a really good time to hit on someone is when <laughs> someone's dead behind you in a medical bay. Nothing says very much more. Yeah. That's what I mean. Where do you you think Pulaski hit on Kyle (laughs) Riker? Everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) She was working on on his wife, and then his wife died, so... (laughs) Well, guys, we're we're at the end credits, which means we need to wrap up a couple of medals. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with the Picard medal, Mm -hmm. which we've got with Mark this week. Mark, did we distract you enough to make this impossible task? Or have you got some votes for us? Captain Jean-Luc? Uh, I forgot... Uh, I forgot that uh, Riker was in this episode. Him showing up yeah. was sort of a great moment. Um, but he didn't really do anything. Uh, I'm going to... I don't know. I, I don't want to be lame and, and say that Janeway made the right hard decision. 
to Grant's Asylum to Q2, who then immediately kills themselves. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's kind of she did. She did the yep, in, she did. in the face of. <laughs> I think someone argued that the chance to go home. You know, Q, Q, John Delancey was going to send them home if she denied Q2 asylum. Uh, and she had uh, principles enough to, um, again, again, deny her crew the uh, return home they so long <laughs> and again oh, yeah. commit uh, uh, a sign to death uh, some single episode character. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you realize, you realize, guys, that look, um, she's basically the Gilligan of Voyager. Like, she <laughs> is the root that they never get off the island. Um, I have studied Gilligan's Island a lot, and if they had murdered Gilligan in the first episode of that show, it would have gone for one episode. They would have been back, right? So, really, Janeway's the same. Just put someone else in charge. He's got less morals. Oh, come on. You're going to give it to Chakotay and have a boring seven-year journey? Janeway's, Janeway's got oh, flair. Yeah. yeah. It would have been seven minutes and I would have been back and we would have all gone, yeah, okay. Do you know... He was clearly trying to run away from Mark. We actually haven't mentioned Chakotay at all. That's how boring he is. So, um... Well, I almost... That moment where Q recognises the tattoo on mm. Chakotay's face mm. was mm. on my shortlist for... Yep. Now, is Picard 3, 2, 1, or is it just 1? We usually build up, so go from the 1 up to the 3. Well, then I'm going to say... John Delancey's Q noticing Chakotay's tattoo and Chakotay's utter lack of response. (laughs) Yeah, excellent. That was very stoic and Picardy. I like that moment. Uh, Then the second best part, I'm going to go with... um, uh, Jonathan Frakes uh, uh, with Riker's f- f- flirty introduction to Janeway, which is <laughs> the Delta Quadrant. He's like, nice to meet you, Captain. Uh, and then I'll go with Janeway murdering yet another single episode <laughs> character mm-hmm. and denying through a return home all in the name of Starfree Principles. Terrific, folks. Thank you, Mark. And thank you for going with the distractions of, of us yabbering all the way through it to actually be able to focus on at least three characters to do this. But the good is going to be outweighed by the bad, and Jack has put his hand up this week to look at the, the negative three. So the Keiko O'Brien is in your capable hands. Who is getting the points? And this matters because we're coming really close to our end-of-year show where we're telling everything up giving out the awards so who have you got oh, for us like i have this power to push people over over limits and, and reach beyond where they were before this is <laughs> exciting it could overturn everything uh you said we work with the three and back up to one i'm gonna have to go with q mm, which one because he even a qq oh because yeah. he constantly he's here to tell other people what they can do with their bodies Mm. so that's a that's a that's a big thing in society today about telling people what what they can and cannot do with their bodies so i'm going to give him a big old negative for that good Um, do what to do with my body you're not captain enough (laughs) oh you need to be a captain to get to get q's attention 
To be fair, John Delancey could tell me to do anything with anything and I'd do it. You, you could even take Delancey out of that, mate, and you'd, <laughs> it's still true. Well, actually, yeah, he doesn't even need to be there. There's something weird going on at this... Well, the cricket's about to start, but there's a whole lot of seagulls. Now, where there are seagulls, there might be chips. Oh, flock of seagulls? Mm. I love them. Yeah, yeah, these are actual seagulls. There might be chips, like french fries? Yeah. Yeah, although I, I am almost walking distance to McDonald's. Ah, uh, there could be it. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll go to the two vote. Thanks, Jess. Okay, so for my two vote, I'm gonna, again, I don't know why I keep doing this, but I keep reflecting everyone back over from Jean-Luc Picard to the Keiko. And I don't think that uh, Janeway actually made the right decision here mm -hmm. because I think the right decision would have been to keep about her merry way because this whole thing is just a show that Q is doing for her. See, I would have taken it as if this other Q doesn't actually exist and Q's just using excuses to get closer and closer to Janeway. Like, he's a trickster. He likes to play games. He likes to put on shows. I don't even think this whole thing was real. He just invented this whole thing. Transported any other Q to Route 66 exists. and pretended like... That's why oh. the other Q on Route 66 didn't have purple lips because they weren't actually Q. It was just a whole <laughs> thing that Q was making up. The whole show that he was doing. <laughs> So, so, so does that go to Janeway or Q? I'm oh, oh yeah. Well, so one for them, one for each of them. Okay. Or, or three for one of them, two for the other one. It doesn't matter how you shuffle it. I'll work it out in post. Who, so who gets you three then? Uh, the guy, I don't know what his name is. His name's not Allen Ginsberg. Yeah, his name is Ginsburg. something Ginsberg, yeah. and I'm not really sure why he was there. Um, yeah, he was there because of Woodstock. Yeah, he plugged in the... Uh, <clears throat> The, the the amplifier. I would have preferred Jimi Hendrix mm. to represent Woodstock. Yeah. If we needed a Woodstock representation, you know? Well, yeah. uh, what was Jimmy doing that day when they filmed? <laughs> well, I didn't hear your question. Oh, it was it was a bad one. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> no, it was very bad. It was very bad. Um, They're all bad ones, Mike. Thanks, mate. So we've got the votes. Right. We've got the votes locked in, and we we covered the other medals live. Before we mm -hmm. sign off, I'd like to give a shout out to everyone that's joined us live here today. So on Twitter, we've had several tweets from Jesse from Crusher Convo. Please go listen to that show if you're not already. Um, they're big supporters of our show, and we fight them on Twitter with memes. Please join in on the war. Be on our side or don't, but just be part of the war. It's always fun. And, of course, the guys that have joined us here, we've had David and Earl from Let's Talk About Treks. It's been sensational to have you both on the show. And we've had producer Mark from the Shuttle Pod Show here today as well. Again, everyone, big friends of, your sh of our show, but also big supporters of your respective podcasts. And thanks so much for being part of one of our end of year ones. This Christmas episode for that short scene where we're tethered to a Christmas um, tree. That's why we picked this one this week. So thanks for being part of it. This Merry is why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is, absolutely. It is. <laughs> Die Hard is the best Christmas movie ever made. <laughs> well, has anybody seen the trailer for uh, Silent Night? No. Oh, yeah. Is it a new Die Hard movie? Is that what you're saying? N no, it's a oh. new Christmas movie that's an oh. action movie, so it's not really a Christmas movie. Or is okay. it? 
Oh, but it is. It is. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem at all. I, I take it we're all meeting up this time tomorrow and doing Die Hard as well. Was that right? <laughs> That's what I heard. That was the story that was told to me. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, thank, thank you very much. So what's coming up around the corner here on Unplanned Trek is we're getting very close to um, drawing a line in the year. We're going to do a couple of award shows where we're going to tally up the points. We're going to do one which will be the 2023 medals where we'll count how... Um, the overall leaders in all our medals to see who takes out the year. We're also going to check who is winning in the, um, the, the, the totality of our points all the way back from episode one up until this one today. So, you know, don't think that the votes that you give out don't matter, guys. This is big and the actors and the characters and the writers that created these characters really do care if they take out the Picard, the, the Keiko, the Wharf medal. There's, there's a lot of jostling out there and they, they really do care. So thanks for being part of it. Thanks for being part of our Christmas episode and happy Q-smas to all. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, thanks guys. Thank you. It was a thrill to be here. Hogan, you were... You wanted to say something? Yeah, mate. Yeah, go for it. I just wanted to say thanks from, you know, on behalf of me, sitting in the car at Sorrel. You guys, you guys are legends. On you, mate. Legends. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to go and get something to eat now. I'm bloody starving. Alright. See you, Hogan. See your shins on. Yeah, fucking, fucking see you later, dickheads. <laughs> and I'll turn this shit off. There we go, he's oh, gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just worked out how the episode's going to close. Wow, guys, I had no idea that you'd be able to do an episode on Voyager's Death Wish. So well, I just figured you'd fuck it up. Uh, and, and Isaac, your take on... Failed Jimi Hendrix joke. Was amazing. Uh, and Andrew, oh my God, when you talked about... The goalposts still being up during the cricket season. I, uh, it's just like, we're riding a money train. A money train all the way to the money bank. The Hollywood money bank, which is where I transact because I'm a Hollywood jagoff. I'm very excited about this, guys. I'm very excited. So keep the jokes coming. Uh, keep the content rolling. Uh, watch out on your uh, uh, social media for the next unplanned Trek challenge from me, Hollywood producer Mark Cartier, producer of the Shuttle Pod Show. Get back to work. <laughs> I knew I bet on the right horse. It's just not what you'd expect. That's an unplanned trick. Unplanned. Trek. Hello, and thank you for listening to Unplanned Trek. This show is written by Isaac Brown and improvised by Andrew Hogan. Part of the Trek and Trekkers network of podcasts, executively produced by Mark Cartier, Dominic Keating, and Connor Trinity. This is Bruce Horak, and you are listening to Unplanned Trek. You can find links to other episodes and merch at unplannedtrek.com. I'm on.
Olivia Yuckers, who plays Ensign Riggs, who is resting until her next duty assignment. Hear me talk about all of that on Unplanned Trek. Follow our socials on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or write to us at hello at unplannedtrek.com. I'm Bonnie Gordon from Star Trek Prodigy, and you're listening to Unplanned Trek. Live long and prosper. Wrestling papers, wrestling papers. I'm George Takei, and this is an unplanned interruption. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, but we do have more to do. More segments to do, and I'm going to do more now. Judy, you said more to do. Ooh, I did. <laughs> I'll make that into a song as well. I'm George Takei, and this is an unplanned interruption. Hang on, but we do have more to do, more segments to do, and I'm going to do more now. More you said more to do. Ooh, I did. I'm George Takei, and this is an unplanned interruption. Hang on, but we do have more to do. More segments to do, and I'm gonna do. More you said more to do. I'm George Takei, and this is an unplanned interruption. Ooh, I did. I'm George Takei, and this is an unplanned interruption. Ooh, I did. Ooh, I did. Ooh, I did. Ooh, I did.